It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, Michigan State fans knew they would be getting some player news over the weekend thanks to the NFL Draft but I'm not quite sure they were ready for what happened on Sunday. Is it time to panic? We will discuss on episode 110 of MLAB Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Lawson, and Matt Wenzel with you on Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Appreciate everyone for listening here today. Uh, The calendar may say May, but the cold and dreary weather simply refuses to leave us alone. As I'm sitting here, it's 39 degrees in Grand Rapids. Uh, Alas, we press forward. And uh, but Kyle, I'm assuming this rain has kept you from making your uh, corn fairy tour debut this offseason. Yes, there is a dark cloud sitting over East Lansing, literally and figuratively. And we're all we're all pretty down about it. Right, Matt? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I would like to be playing golf and not looking at snow in the <laughs> forecast. I'm a little over that to say the least, but we're idiots who live in Michigan. So what do you expect? And there's Matt Wenzel. You just heard from him. Uh, how's it going, Matt? I'm, are you enjoying the out of season period? I'm sure it's super relaxing. Not a single thing happening. Not, nothing you have to write about over the weekend, right? Yeah. You know, uh, the NFL draft is, um, interesting to cover every year um and the day after you think oh, all right maybe be a little slow and yeah not so not so much to say the least sunday was uh busy um and obviously we'll touch on that news <laughs> yeah Matt, right about Matt right really here. wants to tell us about his pizza though that he made i know he does oh yes. yeah 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 so uh i think kyle was privy to the photo that i sent um so homemade pizza dough and I, I'm a big barbecue sauce junkie. So this is instead of the red sauce, barbecue sauce, and then um, shredded Franklin barbecue brisket, the famous place out of Texas, uh, along with bacon. I got to say, it is pretty damn good. If I do say so myself. Uh, I I missed this conversation. I'm now going back and searching for the link of this recipe. Ooh, yep. Yeah, I could be down with this. That's what I'm talking about right there. Uh, yeah, that's just what everyone wants to hear about us talking about Matt's pizza recipes. There's absolutely nothing else to talk about right now. No, for real, uh, crazy weekend for Michigan State, you know, both positive and negative, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, they get a, they get three guys drafted in the NFL draft, a bunch of other guys get some uh, getting some undrafted free agent opportunities. We'll touch on that in a bit here. But the big news, every the, the, the thing that everyone's talking about, even nationally in the college football world, because I think it kind of caught a lot of people off guard, starting quarterback Peyton Thorne enters the transfer portal shortly after star wide receiver, uh, 
fan favorite, crowd favorite, Keon Coleman decides to enter the transfer portal. Uh, neither has announced a, a transfer destination, which I guess leaves the door open that they could return to Michigan State. Charles Brantley, corner, also entered. But just before we started recording, we got news that he was uh, withdrawing his name from the portal and returning to Michigan State. But, uh, Matt, I guess scale 1 to 10, how surprised were you by this news on Sunday? Uh, the timing was a little surprising. I guess it, two completely separate situations i think um i mean we all know it with with peyton with the quarterback battle i was just surprised being that you know coming out of spring i know it was only one look and widely discussed what we saw in the open practice um it just from that one one look it it appeared that peyton still had the edge in, in the competition not to say that it was obviously locked up or anything and mel had said it would continue into fall camp I was just surprised by the timing, you know, you know, he waits till the last day and, and then drops his name in with, with Keon. And, and with, with a guy who's arguably, you'd say Michigan state's best player, or at least best NFL draft prospect for the future. Um, you're going to have schools that are going to come after you. You know, that's just what the, what it is in this era. Um, so, you know, shopping around, I, I mean, I can understand that. You know, I, I, I see that. But, you know, this isn't a playing time issue. I mean, you, you, knew, you knew he was going to be your number one guy going into the season. So this is more uh, him looking for uh, maybe a better opportunity for himself, a better offense, you know, more, you know, NIL money, you know, the, the combination of those things. Um, so we'll see. But uh, it's, it's a different feeling to these. Um, especially with with Keon, I guess, and with Peyton, because for the most part, for as much as Mel's used the portal, the guys that they've lost to it have mostly been guys that you know you were like, okay, what up, you know, they 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 hadn't played or, or they you know they lost up you know Rocky Lombardi, you know, you knew he wasn't going to have his job the next year, be the starter, that kind of thing. Not to say they hadn't lost anybody that they would have rather kept, but uh, you. <laughs> You get um, your your two year starter um, who, who's fourth in program history in touchdown passes, uh, your top wide receiver, and a starting cornerback uh, who has since obviously removed his name. All go in the same day. That's a little, little mass panic from the uh, the fan base there on a on a Sunday in, <laughs> in the spring. Um, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'll start with Peyton, I guess. I, I guess I wasn't super surprised that he transferred. I mean, clearly they were not showing us what they, everything that they're planning on in the off season and in the fall in that spring game. I mean, maybe they were hiding. You mentioned it, I think on the pod, man, maybe they were hiding Hauser on purpose. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't know. And they did have multiple other scrimmages where I'm sure uh, a lot of things may have gone differently because the public wasn't watching that, but I wasn't totally surprised by Peyton. Uh, if he wasn't going to be, I don't know what he would have expected. Like I never would have expected Mel to name a starter in the spring. I don't know if that's what he wanted. If he wanted that stability, I don't know, but you know, he had, he's had his fair shake at Michigan state. 2021 went great. Last year was simply not good enough. I know he said he was injured, but 10, 10 interceptions from a veteran is not good enough. And when you have these young guys pushing them, I actually think for the future of the program, maybe not this year. Uh, I don't know if it's a, if it's a positive, but, Maybe for the future of the program, you get one of the younger guys in there. They can start getting their feet wet moving forward. I'm okay if Peyton wants to go somewhere else uh, and, and get a real starting shake. I mean, I think there's programs out there. You know, I'm not going to say their names because nothing's official, but we're hearing rumors about major programs like basically offering Peyton Thorne the starting job. So if that's going to be the case and he's going to get that, whatever. 
uh, best for him. The key on news hurts. I mean, this is this is the best player on the team. This is your best NFL draft pick. Uh, this is this is the guy who you're counting on to make plays this year. And, you know, if 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 other teams are shopping or shopping him and trying to come after him and using Michigan State's quarterback situation against him and all the stuff we're hearing, uh, you know, that that's that's going to happen. That's par for the course in 2023. It's just a little concerning to me if if it if Michigan State's going to allow itself to lose guys like Keon Coleman, because I, I told myself that Michigan State would be able to even in the NIL era with their facilities, with their you know top 25 program status, with with the money that they have, I convinced myself that the Spartans wouldn't allow themselves to lose players like Keon Coleman if, if it was a money thing. And I don't know that that's the case, but I guess it's just a little bit concerning for me to see if, if Michigan state's going to be one of those programs that players look at as just like a tier builder so they can step up to the, you know, the, the blue bloods in the country. I didn't think that was going to happen at Michigan state. I thought they'd be able to hold on to their players because it's, they're in a good enough spot. If that's not the case moving forward, and I don't know, maybe maybe this is just an isolated incident, but if if this is going to be a trend moving forward, that's tough for Michigan State. I'm going to take the opposite uh, viewpoint, sorry, Matt, on um, on Peyton Thorne because I, I just think I, I understand he he didn't light the world on fire last year. I, I just think people need to be a little careful what they wish for because let me tell you, it can get worse um, as far as quarterback play uh, compared to last year. Uh, he, no, no running game to speak of offensive line issues. And, you know, from what we've learned this spring, um, he was playing pretty banged up to the fact that to the point where, you know, you wonder if they had a different situation, if they wouldn't even had him out there, um, if he's pretty banged up. So um, maybe they felt good enough about the other guys, but, you know, we all watched the spring game. I didn't see anybody there that you thought, wow, that guy needs to be playing. Um, I thought Noah Kim was pretty solid. Um, I, I didn't see a whole lot from uh, Kaden Hauser. So, um, you know, maybe it works out for him, but the guy's got a lot of starting experience under his belt. I think that's hard to throw a new guy in and expect him to to be at that level. I mean, the experience is worth a lot in college football. So um, I understand last year wasn't great. I understand quarterback play wasn't great last year, but um, man, I look at where they stand now. I'm not sure they're better off today than they were last week. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know how it is a positive that how losing a two year starter, your most experienced, the, the other guys have uh, uh, Noah Kim and Caden Hauser have combined for 44 college snaps. Peyton Thorne has 49 career touchdowns. You know, there's, I don't know how losing that removing that guy from your team makes you better. It, it, it doesn't. You know, I, now if I'm you're not gonna, saying it's making them better. No, I'm, I'm not. Just, yeah, I just, I just like, think right. if you're going to be bad, you might as well be bad with the young guy. I guess it's. it's well, well, and, we, and, we, and we assume they're going to. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I, just, I, I, I agree that like this isn't the year for them. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. um, if if this was a hot shot, very young quarterback that was kind of your future, then yeah, I'd be. Um, that would be a bigger deal than losing a guy who's got one more year left on a team that. Um, I, I don't think we've really hit the Mel Tucker crescendo yet, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, Peyton's actually got two seasons of eligibility oh, left, yeah, excuse me. you know, the COVID year. Uh, but uh, anyways, I just, unless it meant, unless he wasn't going to start and the staff knew it and him sticking around causes you to lose, you know, a younger guy who you thought was going to beat him. Okay. Then that's a problem. But I, I just don't see how, how losing him makes you better. Um, if if he does leave, you know, we've 
we've seen the guys come back, you know, so Charles today, you know, uh, Connor Hayward, Ben Van Sumeren, Ma now Teote, those are guys who all put their name in the portal and, and pulled it out since since Mel took over the pro- program. So you don't know what, what can happen with Peyton or with, with Keon, but um, I, I guess move away from the quarterback, uh, you know, <laughs> this is... Every this is happening everywhere. This is just now Michigan State's turn. Even the big time programs lose guys. You know, I mean, what, what did Jameis Williams do? He left Ohio State, went to Alabama, lit the world on fire. You know, uh, didn't Georgia just lose one of their top uh, tackles? You know, I mean, like this happens to good programs. It's just, you know, you spin the wheel and it, and it came back around. So yeah, it was probably that, overview. There's a big difference difference between a program like Michigan State where they have their clear number one receiver and then a bunch of other guys, and he leaves as opposed to Alabama and Georgia, which just have five stars in their three D. You know, uh, it's, yeah, it's I'm, a little different. I'm not I'm not comparing the talent level. You said I'm just saying it's going to happen sooner or later. It's just you know it was probably overdue in the portal era for Michigan State to lose yeah. a guy like that is all I'm saying. What's Keon thinking here? I mean, I, you know that he's, does he really look at, I mean, Jaden Reed just became a second round draft pick playing in this offense. Uh, Michigan State has had players drafted in this offense. Is it really going to be so bad that he's not going to be able to put stuff on tape? I mean, he did it last year and then, you know, they went five and seven. So if this really is just like a money thing, if it's LSU, his home state team coming after him, if it's Miami, if it's Oklahoma, kind of starting to tamper and stuff. Cause I mean, th- these are very real things that are out there right now. And, you know, I don't want to report it as fact, but it's pretty clear that other teams are coming after Keon. And do you see it as a concerning sign? I mean, that's going to keep happening, but Michigan state should be able to hang on to these players. I'm just, I'm worried about it. It's a new era of college athletics. You know, that's what the portal does. And, and, you know, for Keon, I don't know, maybe he's just sick of the food here. You know, he's, he's complained a few times about how he can't get the food here. He has a Louisiana native, so um, he he can't get the home cooking that that he that he really likes. So maybe uh, was it Subway? He said he's been uh, he was uh, hammering. Maybe he's somebody just showed this guy Eastside fish fry, man. <laughs> Eastside fish fry is amazing. Oh, he, he's, those, guys, he's, those guys know about Eastside fish fry. That's yeah, yeah he he's heard plenty about it. So um, no, I mean, who knows? I mean, I understand why a lot of fans are disappointed in the direction college sports are going with you know because everything's fluid you know you can't count on your guys being there for every you know every year but you know this this it's long overdue for athletes to have more control of their future um than what it was traditionally is that going to lead to some disruption is it like we see of course it is but um you know that's it's it you're not putting the toothpaste back in the tube you know what, this is where we're at. And it's, it's maybe there's going to be a correction at some point in time where this kind of settles down, but it, it, I don't see it anytime soon. Matt, Matt, let me ask you something I've been wondering. Do you think the way that Mel Tucker and the coaching staff kind of approached and framed the quarterback um, race played a role at all um, in this? Because I guess I was a little surprised from the start how it was totally 100% open, three-man race, um, and, and really giving no kind of preference at all to a multi-year returning starting quarterback. I mean, you can say that, like, a guy can beat him out, everybody's job is up for grabs, but, you know, Peyton's been our starter. You know, like, I guess that's kind of more the line I thought they would take, um, but it wasn't. I mean, they really treated them all equally, and 
you talked to Peyton a lot more than I did, obviously. I mean, did you sense any frustration, um, I guess, from him or any disappointment from him just from um, the just kind of his treatment and, and the way that they framed framed all of this? That's one thing. I mean, I'm sure he has multiple reasons for transferring, but I, I've wondered if maybe that's one of them. Uh, I mean, Peyton's a pretty smart guy. He's, he's pretty used to uh, he's pretty composed when talking to us. Um, if if. Now, if he feels that way, I can't say I completely got the sense that, that that was the case. I mean, he said, you know, look, I didn't play good enough last year. I know that. That's that's obvious. So, you know, and he's I mean, he's a, we've talked about it a million times, but, you know, he comes from a football family. You know, he, he he knows what the deal is. He grew up around this when when things are going wrong. Who, who does who catches the brunt of the criticism? It's always going to be the quarterback and, and the head coach. Michigan State, and I, I mean, I said this a bunch of times last year, Michigan State had a lot of problems. There were a lot of reasons they went five and seven, and I didn't have Peyton Thorne near the top of that list last year. Right. So part of me wonders if in his head, he's like, hey, I played hurt for you guys all last year. I did it with absolutely no running attack. I deserve a little bit better than this. I wonder if there's part of him that thinks that. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if if there was, maybe he, he went to the staff and said, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to know that this is, this is my job. And that, you know, they are, they're not going to guarantee that. So yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, the way they frame it. Cause even. And you don't have to say it's his job hundred percent, but say, Hey, you know, Peyton's been our guy. If one of these guys mm-hmm. rises up, they'll have the opportunity to yeah. do it, but, but install him as the starter. At least I guess, I, I guess it feels a little, and, and you guys probably know more situations than me. It feels a little uncommon in college football to completely open up. I say everything's completely open with a multi-year returning starter like that. That's fair. That's that's fair to say. But you know, this this could also be who knows what's going on behind closed doors. This could be Mel wanting to keep you know the two younger quarterbacks on the roster yeah. on the team. You know, like right? Because if, if he did what I just said, he might have lost one of the younger. Exactly. Ones. So if you go into the spring and say, "Hey, this is Peyton's job. He played hurt." You know, we, we know that, you know, he can do better, but, you know, he's the guy that that has got us there for two years. And and it's, you know, he and, you know, you know, every job is a competition, every job's open. But for now, you know, it's his he's got the edge. I could, you know, see that. But then maybe, like we said, you might lose a guy. Um, and uh, well, the portal, <laughs> the window is now closed, um, although with grant transfers being able to enter. At any time, you know, you got to check some transcripts and uh, to know where some guys are at if if they're going to be around for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton was a little felt a little disrespected, at least. I don't know if it's animosity, but maybe feeling like he didn't get enough credit that he should have, you know, entering the portal in the very last moment on the last day. That That's you know, I mean, I, that's a bit of a middle finger, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's I'm going to give you a harder to get a good quarterback, time. you know, mm-hmm. now than it was a month ago. Yeah. And I, I do think there is something to this. I think he felt he should have gotten more of the benefit of the doubt for, you know, what he did in 21 and whatnot, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, You know, I guess in terms of like the fan base and the mood that they're in right now, you know, I think that narrative, it might be a little more helpful if the football program gave anything in terms of information, you know, there wouldn't be all these sweeping narratives out there that the program's in disarray. Uh, Mel's lost control of his locker room. You know, if Mel would just say something every once in a while, people wouldn't have these grand, you know, illusions of the program, you know, burning to a bit, you know, it's like, you got to give your fans a little more than you are. You don't even give us a spring game. And now, now it's pretty clear that what you're showing us in the spring practice isn't even really what's going on. You know, you, you all tricking every beat reporter out there. It's just like, 
give give your fan base something a little more and maybe they'll have a little more trust in you. I mean, I don't know how you guys are media, so I'm sure you would like a little bit more information here. But I do think that is contributing to the fans kind of spiraling out of control a little bit here. Uh, hey, if because- you win, nobody cares. You know, if this was, <laughs> you know, Mark, Mark wasn't saying anything after Mark. Mel wasn't saying anything after 11 and two and people, you know, I was still I- annoyed. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, okay, but like I mean, winning cures everything. We we know that, so right, I get what I, you're saying. But you know, I, I mean, don't disagree either. That it, it might behoove him to um, come out of his cave here sometime in the next week or two and um, and say something <laughs> a little bit soothing. Yeah, I agree. Calm us down, man. People are losing it. Like people are literally burn the program. Like it's done. We're dead. You know, it's like it's a little much. Uh, I think part of that is just because it's the off season. But uh, hey, what we got a, a Mel, Mel named the new uh, executive director of player personnel and recruiting yesterday. So yeah. there's there's something <laughs> yeah. you know. And I guess his first move was to get Chuck Brantley back. Evidently, <laughs> we'll see. What about on the field receiver wise? I mean, they uh, it's. I mean, you got Trey Mosley, but. Other than that, they got young guys with some potential and some older guys who have been in the program but haven't done much. I mean, I usually am not worried about Michigan State finding receivers, but without a true one, at least for right now, you know, it's a little bit concerning. Well, if Keon does leave, um, yeah, I mean, you you, you lose Jaden Reed to the, being, you know, the, the highest draft pick Michigan wide receiver Michigan State's had since, what was it, 2008, 2007, whenever it was. Um and you, if you lose those two guys, when I broke down the numbers, uh, so Michigan State's receivers combined for 168 catches for 2,069 yards and 19 touchdowns last year. Coleman, Reed, and Jeremy Bernard, who transferred out in this winter, obviously was another loss. They accounted for 120 of those catches for 1,562 yards and 14 touchdowns. So that's less than 30% of their catches receiving yards and touchdown catches coming back and most of that belongs to um Trey Mosley you mentioned so I mean Mosley's been very he's been reliable he's been good but he's been a number two or number three guy now you know by the looks of it he's going to be a one you know who knows what they'll they can add from the portal which I would expect them to do and then after that you know Montori Foster we we've he's got some experience um, he's made some big plays, but, you know, still the production, not a ton of production. Christian Fitzpatrick was also hurt last year. He's a big guy, but hasn't really done much. And then it's then it's the young guys, Tyrell Henry, Jerron Glover, and Antonio Gates Jr., the real true freshman last year. Uh, Henry, mostly a uh, special teams guy. He's going to be probably their, their punt and kick returner this year. Uh, Glover played in, what, one game or something, and, and Gates uh, didn't play and took a red shirt, but I mean, those are your guys, you know, and other than adding from the portal, that's just what, what you're going to have to do. So I, you knew there there was going to be a chance for young receivers to uh, to step up this fall with Reed being gone. Uh, <laughs> Coleman going uh, certainly uh, exasperates uh, or pushes uh, that even more the need for them to to grow up quickly. I just don't know what else Keon Coleman wanted Michigan State to do at this point. Yeah, I mean, so, this is, you, it's, know, you know, this is just the way it is, you know. I mean, he he was going to be the guy. Um, they had receivers picked in the draft each of the last two years, and and he could have stayed at Michigan State, still could, uh, um, use that path. But you know, he's got a he's got an option options. 
I guess, and then I guess the getting the Chuck Brantley news does, you know, maybe give a little bit of hope that, you know, Keon comes back, you know, it's, he hasn't committed anywhere yet. So uh, it's just going to be one of those things where you're on Twitter waiting for something to happen. It's crazy this time of year. Anyways, anything else on the, on the transfer stuff and uh, let's, should we get to the NFL draft? No, we can get to the draft. I think everybody knows what the deal is with, with Peyton and Keon, as far as uh, the significance (laughs) of them uh, and putting their name in the portal and what it means for the program. All right. Well, the Spartans did get three guys drafted. You just mentioned Jaden Reed goes to the Packers in the second round. And then the Patriots scoop up Bryce Berenger, punter in the sixth round. And also maybe somewhat surprisingly, Amir Speed uh, in the sixth round as well. Spartans also got a slew of other guys that are going to be in camps as undrafted free agents. But uh, let's start with Jaden, Matt. We knew he'd go early. He was a big riser from the senior bowl, the combine, his pro day. uh, And he lands with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Won't get to play with Aaron Rodgers, but uh, he's he you know, figures to have a pretty good opportunity there in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, it's it, interesting, I guess, to see how this all worked out for Jaden. You know, he, I, I still, I thought he was going to leave after the 2021 season. Um, very easily could have. You know, he had a great year, career best numbers. Um, could have left on top on an 11-win team. He comes back. Um, says he had, you know, more to prove. And, and then he gets hurt, that freak injury in the Akron game, getting pushed into a bench and cutting his back. And, you know, the offense, he, you know, he dealt with injury all season. The offense struggled and, and his production went off. So I think most people after that were like, well, you know, he made a mistake coming back. You know, the, the, it'll affect his draft stock. But he goes to the senior bowl and the combine. He does really well. And, you know, second round pick. So, yeah, I mean, it shows what what you what just getting in front of scouts, you know, can do for him and good for Jaden. You know, uh, it was his uh, 23rd birthday on on Friday. So he got to celebrate that with being a second round draft pick. And yeah, I mean, really, really impressive career for him to go from being where he was at with basically just Mac offers and Western and then coming to Michigan State and, and closing as one of the best receivers they've ever had. So, um, yeah, I think he's got a bright future in the NFL and the draft call he was talking about still being you know a returner punt returner and he said you can expect a lot of house calls so uh, <laughs> confident confident man and then you get a couple uh michigan state patriots new england spartans however you want to call it a punter getting drafted that's that's pretty rare you would think that would give bryce a pretty good uh leg up on the competition there in new england and then amir speed uh i didn't expect him to get drafted but uh heard his name called uh yeah so a little behind the scenes. So, you know, this stuff happens and you've got to have it quickly. So I will pre-write stories, you know, 500 words or so on every guy I think has a chance to get drafted. You know, you look at the mock draft and all this stuff. I did not have a story pre-written for a mere speed. I did not see that coming. You know, I, I, you, you look at just the numbers, you know, the tape that there was last season. I didn't expect him to get picked, but you know, six foot three, Runs a four three, that that's enough to get you drafted. Uh, what McShay called him, uh, uh, Bill Belichick special. Um, so the guy that's got the measurables and maybe they think they can do something and he brings special teams value. Um, so good for good for Amir one season. You know he's at Georgia for five years and he had one pass breakup. You know the guy's NFL draft pick with zero career interceptions as a cornerback. I don't know how often that happens, but I would say I would assume it's it's rare. But um, Good for him. And then and then with Bryce, obviously, we all know about his story. It's really impressive what he was able to do, you know, sticking it out at Michigan State, you know, being a walk on, losing his spot on the roster, 
uh, in 2019 and becoming the best punter in the in the country. And you know, the the draft analysts, the Kuipers and McShays, and everybody said, you know, it was it was unanimous. He was he was the best guy available, and so he becomes the the first Michigan State punter picked since uh, uh, Brandon Fields in the seventh round in 2007. So um, kind of appropriate because. The punter of the year is in the Big Ten is co-named after Fields and and Berenger became the faint, uh, first one to uh, first Michigan State player to win that. What do you make of these landing spots, Kyle? Uh, I'm the only person in the country who does not care at all about the NFL draft. So <laughs> I can guarantee you, I would not have that. been watching it if it wasn't my job to do so. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm pumped for it. What about someone, uh, I'm pumped for Jaden mostly. I think he's going to have a pretty good chance there in, in green Bay, you know, receiving core there is in flux very much right now. And we'll see what Jordan love, love can do under center. Uh, he's been prepping for like three years now, so that'll be interesting to watch and uh, happy for him and the, all the guys that got drafted. What about undrafted guys? They Michigan state, you got a list there? Or? Yeah, yeah. So Jade, uh, Jacob Slade signed with the Cardinals reportedly got uh, 200,000 guarantees part of the deal. So good for him. Um, second time he was drafted in a couple of months, he was picked in the USFL draft um, by the Pittsburgh Maulers back in February. That league has started play, but he is, uh, he, he didn't join the team. He, his goal was still the NFL. So he's going to get a shot and he's going to get, you know, some, some money out of it, obviously. Uh, offensive tackle Jarrett Horse signed with the um, Dolphins. Another guy, he was the number one overall pick in the in the USFL draft of the Michigan yeah. Panthers. So yeah, that was <laughs> interesting. And then a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of safeties, Kendall Brooks also going to the Cardinals and Xavier Henderson uh, to the commanders and uh, linebacker Ben Van Sumeren, who we mentioned before signing with the Eagles. Um, he was a guy that, that, you know, on the, based on the tape, you didn't think he had a chance to get drafted, but he had a, you know, freak pro day, you know, put up ridiculous numbers and, you know, and I just, Daniel Jeremiah a week or so before the draft, two weeks before the draft said basically guaranteed he'd get picked. That didn't happen, but he, you know, still going to get a shot (laughs) goes to a a pretty darn good team. Yeah. And we've seen guys who who get these uh, undrafted free agent camp invites slowly work their way into the fold. I mean, it happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of examples, but look at, look at Andrew Dowell, you know, this guy can get drafted, you know, gets signs undrafted, deal with the with the cowboys get cut before camp picked up by the the uh the saints and he's been there a couple of years and he's been a big special teams guy so he, he's carved out a career and he's not the only one to do it there's other guys you know but you know you stick to it you stick with it who knows what happens you know you get to live your dream and make some make some money doing it all right, well, let's move on to just some brief basketball news here before we uh, before Keon Coleman, you know, decides where he wants to go while we're still recording. Uh, we don't need that happening. But Kyle, uh, you know, just some brief basketball news. It's old at this point, but, you know, Jade Nakins, A.J. Hogard, both testing the NBA waters. I, I need to stop saying that. It's testing the waters season, Kyle. I, I hate how we all use that same vernacular. We got to figure something else out here. But uh, needless to say, it would be pretty surprising if either of those guys left, especially A.J. Hogard. Um, and then uh, Michigan State's that big class coming in, making some noise on the circuit. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, none of it should be surprising as far as the the NBA draft guys. I mean, Tom Izzo told us this was going to happen. Um, I, I thought it was going to be just Aikens. Hogarth kind of weirdly put his name in and didn't announce it. And he was just on the list when it came out from the NBA. I mean, most guys love their announcement. I kind of respect actually the, the low key approach to it. Um, but uh, he is maintaining his eligibility. Aikens is maintaining their eligibility. When Tom Izzo spoke, I mean, he seemed to be talking as if they'd be back and that this is, um, going, going through the process, learning kind of how this process works, kind of hearing from NBA teams about what they want to see from them. Um, but you know, don't, don't rule anything out, I guess is what I would caution everybody. Um, because you have a good workout or two teams really like you, um, and you get some good feedback that could be enough to, to maybe convince you that it's your time. Um, so I, I agree with you probably more than likely they're back, but, um, you know, obviously something will be. Keeping an eye on, they have until May 31st um, to to withdraw and go back to school. So that'll be the rest of this month. Uh, they'll kind of be in limbo there. Um, and then, yeah, it is, other than that, it is a high school all-star game season. You know, it used to be just a McDonald's game, and now it's like there's one of these things every week, it seems like. Um, but Cohen Carr has, uh, has done well for himself. He's kind of in the standout name um, for Michigan State this time of year. He won the dunk contest at the Final Four a couple of weeks ago. Um, and this past weekend was at the Iverson Classic in New Jersey. Uh, probably the second biggest game, I'd say, outside of the McDonald's game. Um, had a lot of the top, top recruits there. Um, and he had 19 points, nine rebounds. Um, I, I should say there were, the final score was like 120 to 115 or something. So a lot of guys scored a lot of points, but um, he was one of them. Uh, you know, several um, several really highlight plays, dunks, um, but really active, high motor, um, maybe a little bit more of a willing defender than a lot of people. So than a lot of other people there. So he's a guy that um, you know still didn't. I mean, there's not a whole lot of outside shooting in these in these things, but still didn't see a whole lot of, um, you know, a whole lot of that. So that's still, I guess, kind of a question mark. But overall, I mean, um, it, it, I, I, he's a guy that seems like he's um, probably raised his stock a little bit in the last year and, and wondering if he maybe commands a few more minutes than we had him penciled in for, uh, because I think he's had a good spring and, and curious to see what he does this summer. Um, and then. Xavier Booker was also there, uh, kind of strangely played very little, uh, didn't hit a shot. I don't think he played at all in the second half. So I don't know if there's something going on or um, if they just went a different direction with that team. But a uh, quiet day for him, kind of quiet McDonald's All-American game for him too. Um, so curious to see what, what happens when he kind of shows up, if he's able to kind of live up to that five-star hype or, um, or if it's, um, you know, if there's, if there's question marks there. Um, but, you know, these, you can only put so much stock in these all-star games, I guess. Is what yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Generational athleticism and projectable jump shot. Those are the two things I hear about Cohen Carr all the time. Uh, but just to your point, Kyle, I'm looking at this, the NBA mock draft database, which takes the consensus of every ranker out there. Aikens and Hogarth aren't even listed. I don't know if that's because people are just like, you know, there's 200 names on this list and Aikens isn't one of them. So <laughs> I don't know yeah. if people are just like, because they're just like, he's not going. We know he's not going. In fact, Mati Sissoko is ranked 131st. Uh, really? <laughs> on this. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which he's not leaving. But, you know, that just goes to show raw ability. You know, you go, it goes back to speed and the Patriots taking him because of his measurables. 
you know, projectable ability. These, these end, these pro guys see these bodies and they think that they can turn these guys, you know, cause you can't teach size really, you know, so uh, of the guys uh, on Michigan state's roster last year, though, like Aiken seems like the best draft prospect of the group though. I mean, mm-hmm. would you, would you agree with that? Um, yeah, no, for sure. I'm I surprised think he has he's what, not on, I'm not saying he should be drafted. I'm surprised he's not among the top 200 and I, I'd certainly have him over Sissoko. Yeah, I think I think maybe just a lot of draft board people don't think he, you know, they're just like he's not going. And maybe I don't know, so they're just not even putting. But he he seems like a three and D NBA guy. Aikens. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, you know, I he's the one that you know if he went, you could at least be like, okay, I guess I could see it. But I think he's gonna be back, and I think he he has another year at Michigan State. Uh, I mean, the ceiling's the limit. He could play himself into a lottery, honestly, if he plays yeah. well. Yeah, like 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 I look at what Kobe Bufkin did last year. Um, and, and I don't see any reason why Jaden Akins can't do that. Those guys have always been kind of linked a little bit. Um, I oh, think. Yeah. and I, I think if Jaden Akins was healthy all year last year, we, he might've been able to do that. Uh, but uh-huh. really only had about half a year. I'm, I'm sure that's part of the reason he's not on the boards right now. And, and maybe this might not be his draft year, but I think he's, I think he's got all that potential. Agreed. Uh, I think that'll do it, though, for today's episode of the Spartan Confidential Podcast. A lot of player news. I know it's tough out there right now, Spartan Nation, but you got to keep the faith. Uh, hope that Mel Tucker knows what's going on. You know, he does have some other receivers that have been visiting and uh, they, they appear to be active in the portal. And you never know, Keon could come back. So I don't think that's completely off the table. I'll just say that. So uh, keep the faith. Stay steady. Uh, (laughs) Football season will be here soon enough, and whether that brings more pain or a distraction remains to be seen. But uh, it's going to be a crazy offseason. This is the world we live in in 2023 in college sports. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for listening. So Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, thank you once again for tuning in to the Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time, and go green.